Father, we thank you that you are the God who is with us, that you sent us your son, Jesus Christ. This is exactly why we're here tonight, to remember that, to celebrate the birth of the king. And not just a king, just to be a king to sit on the throne, a king who came just like us to save us. A king born to die for our sins. We thank you, Father that we have reconciliation with you through him now. We thank you for tonight, and we ask you to bless this time, bless this service, bless the fellowship, and thank you for blessing the worship. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. I was mentioning earlier I appreciate the interdenominational worship. It's very, very cool. That's a very four-square Christmas. So, I wanted to also point it out that tonight, we're not just celebrating the miracle of the birth of our Savior, but we have a walking miracle in our midst, Mr. AJ. For those of you, for those of you who don't know, what is it, two months now? Yeah. Two months, we've been, this young man got into a major car accident. He had major head injuries. He was in a coma. We didn't know if he was going to make it or not. And we've been praying for him. And, and look, he's here with us tonight. He's able to join us. Appreciate you guys. Good to see you, buddy. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Is it too early to say that? No. Eh, it's 6.30. Why not? <laughs> well, this evening... Um, you know, preparing for all this, you know, I know this, this, this time of year is, is, is typically busy, but I wanted to remember what we're celebrating. And one of the things that I kept thinking about as I was thinking and preparing for this message is, you know, typically when a king or, or a president or a major diplomat comes to a country or comes and visits, there's a lot of ceremony involved in it. There's, there's pomp and circumstance. There's parades. There's the secret service. I mean, you shut down whole areas within a, in a place wherever like a king or a president or a queen or whoever comes. Um, it's typically a huge deal. I mean, I was talking to Stephen's sister, who's a diplomat. She works with the Secretary of State, and she says that she has to go five, what, five days ahead of time, wherever the Secretary of State goes to make preparations. Now, it's one dude, and you have to have five days to make all the preparations for this secretary to come in. I mean, there's processions, there's ceremony, there's music. Whenever our president comes out, we, we listen to Hail to the Chief. That's usually played. Needless to say, it's a huge deal anytime a king or leader comes to visit. And of course, what are we celebrating tonight? We're celebrating the arrival of the king, Amen. the birth of our king, the long-awaited Messiah, the long-awaited Christ, the anointed one has finally come to bring us salvation. 
But the arrival of this king is a little bit different. I, want, I really kind of want to focus on this. This is a little bit different. I want to read some scriptures, and I want you to notice something very, very particular. Let's start with the announcement of when the fact that the Christ is going to be born. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, 26 through 35. I'm going to read this very quickly. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting was this. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? I do, I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that the Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. This is great news. Again, I always point this out. This is, 400, this is after 400 years of silence from heaven. God had said all he wanted to say to Israel. He sent all the prophets. He said what he was going to say. And then there was nothing for 400 years. And suddenly angel after angel after angel is coming. They come to Elizabeth and say, you're going to give birth to John the Baptist. And they're now coming to Mary and saying, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Okay, parents, I know it's scary to have kids, but imagine, okay, you're going to have God's Son. Good luck. But notice something. I want you to pay attention. God doesn't send the angel anywhere of note, okay? He doesn't go to Rome. He doesn't go to Jerusalem. God sends the angel to a two-bit, podunk little town called Nazareth. Now, Taft loved that, where I'm from, because can anything good come from Nazareth? God sends the angel to a young woman in a little old town called Nazareth. And he sends it to a young, obscure, young woman and tells her she's going to bear the Son of God. This is who God has chosen. God has said, you have found favor. You will bear me, my child. You will give birth to the Son of God. This is who God picks. He doesn't send to a wealthy, prominent woman. He doesn't send him to a woman of pedigree, of much power, just a young girl in a small town, kind of probably going about her business, making preparations for her wedding, all that good stuff. It was little Mary of Nazareth who found favor with God to bear the Savior of the world. But it gets better as time goes on. Joseph and Mary have, go, have to go to Bethlehem because of the decree uh, census by Caesar. And when they arrive, Mary gives birth. We know the story. There's no room in the end, so she gives birth to the king of kings in a barn. Wraps him in swaddling clothes and lays him in a manger. 
And once again, the angel is sent out once more to declare to the world that the child has been born. The Son of God is now born. This is the most important news in the history of the universe. So you would obviously think, okay, at least you got to go to Jerusalem. You have to hit this place. You would have thought the angel would have lit up the temple of the most holy God and proclaimed to his people, your Messiah is born. You would have thought Jerusalem would have been sending messengers and dignitaries all throughout the world. The Christ has been born, our King, the King of the Jews, the King of kings, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world has been born. Nope. Take a look at Luke 2, 8 through 20. Now there we're in the same country, shepherds. We just read this for the Advent, but I want you to focus. Shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. Behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them. Shepherds, not dignitaries, not presidents, not kings, nobody important. Shepherds. And the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. Okay, I want to point something out. Angels are not fluffy, cute creatures. Biblical angels, the whole reason why every single time you see an angel, the angel has to go, don't be afraid. Or it says they fell down. That means that they fainted. Okay, angels are intimidating powerful creatures that bring a lot of times the very presence of God with them. The glory around them is shown around them. So I have to say, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is a born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was an there with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And so it was the angels had gone away from them, and the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the things which have come to pass. I want to point another thing out. These shepherds, they're just shepherds. They see all this stuff. The angels come and say, Glory to God in the highest. What is their reaction? All right, let's get back to work. Nope, they leave their shepherds. They're supposed to be taking care of the flock. They say, this is the most important thing. Let's go figure this out. Let's go see what we need to see. Let's see what the angels have been telling us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in the manger. Now when they had seen him and made, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were being told by the shepherds. Of course, Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying God for all the things they had heard and seen. And so it was told to them. Okay, again, the greatest news in the history of mankind is given to some blue-collar shepherds. And they're one of the first evangelists to go out and tell everyone that they know. They go throughout the whole town and say, you never believe. We're, we're just working, and all of a sudden, angels were everywhere, and the Christ had been born, 
And we went there and we saw everything. You got to see it. Christ has been born. The Savior has been born. Again, these are just working class nobodies out in the middle of a field outside of Bethlehem. This is nobody important. So this begs a question. If God is doing all these wonderful things and, de- and making all these declarations out in the countryside, what could possibly be going on in Jerusalem? A whole lot of nothing, apparently. As a matter of fact, some time passes. The king and the chief priests find themselves entertaining some very unexpected visitors. Take a look at Matthew 2, 1 through 2. We just read this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born of the king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. The wise men made a decision. They said, Okay, obviously, Jerusalem's the capital of the Jews. They come into Jerusalem. Where is he? Where's the king? We're here to worship him. We're here to glorify him. They saw the star. Obviously, Christ has been born. We've got to go to Jerusalem. They assume that the Messiah, the promised Messiah, to whom through the Jews would be welcomed and residing in the Jewish capital, and they find nothing. No fanfare, no celebrations, no parades, no processions, no dignitaries, nothing. So they go to the king and say, hey, we saw the star. We've come to worship the newly born king of the Jews. It's almost like, come on, guys. What are you doing? Aren't you excited? Why aren't you worshiping? Why aren't you? Where's the music? Why isn't the temple all lit up? What's happening here? And the sad part is, is King Herod had no idea what they were talking about. Take a look at what what his response is in 3 through 6. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, Scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you comes, shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The saddest part of this story isn't just that the king didn't even know what they were talking about. The saddest part is the chief priests could immediately point to the scripture where it says that the Christ would be born and they weren't even looking. Didn't even pay attention. They missed it. The people who were entrusted with the revelation of God, they were entrusted with the law, with the prophets, weren't even looking for the Messiah that was first promised to them to begin with. They even saw him as a threat. These are the important people. But again, this was known and foretold 700 years before the birth of Christ. Take a look at Isaiah 53.3. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And, uh, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was despised and we, we did not esteem him. People who should have absolutely known better completely missed it. And so God went to the weak to display his strength. This is why he went to shepherds, fishermen, tax collectors, half-Gentiles, sinners. Because 1 Corinthians 2, or 
1, 27 through 29, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So again, God chose the weak things to make sure that we all know it had nothing to do with anybody other than himself. He didn't go to kings. He didn't go to dignitaries. He didn't go to the most educated chief priests. And they would have said, well, of course, you know, he or she knows all this stuff. He or she has all this power. He or she has all this stuff. They looked and said, how can the leader of your church be a fisherman? Because he chose the weak things to show his strength. So this is the thing I want us to remember as we're celebrating the birth of our Savior. And this is something that I want to make sure we understand, especially for those of us as Gentile believers. Israel was called to be a light to the world to reveal to us the one true God. That was the base point of Israel. God chose a people to reveal himself to the entire world. But when the time come for the promised Messiah, most of Israel was busy elsewhere. They had created a, a, a lieu of traditions of men. They had gotten it stuck in their head. As a matter of fact, it was, they were, became a chosen people puffed up with arrogance because they were chosen but they forgot why they were chosen. And we Gentile believers, we today, we believers in Christ Jesus, need to take this lesson. Don't forget why you're chosen. You are called to be a light. You are to bear his light. We're we as Gentiles are grafted into the promises of Israel and we're now his chosen people. We're called to be his light. And we can't be busy elsewhere. If you think, you know, I, I get this a lot as a pastor. Well, I'm not, I'm not as an educated pastor as you. Don't underestimate my idiocy. <laughs> God made me a pastor because I have one book to read and I had to read it over and over and over again. <laughs> That's why I'm a pastor. But again, he chose the weak things. He chose the things that are not. But he chose us for a reason. Okay, again, be that particular light to the world. Do you want to make this nation change for Jesus? then you go to your neighbor, you go to your coworker, you go to whoever it is and share your light with them. Yeah. That is what you're called to do. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done. If you think you're so far gone that you can't possibly be used by God, just read Paul's story. Paul killed Christians yeah. happily. He thought he was doing a good thing. He was excited to do it. And yet Jesus took him and said, why are you persecuting me? And he realized the error of his ways. 
and yet God didn't say, now get out of my sight. I never want to see you again. You're condemned to hell. Jesus said, okay, I'm going to change you, and now I'm going to make you a Gent- or a, a, an apostle to the Gentiles, and you're going to write the majority of the New Testament. He was nothing, and he became something because of the light that Jesus had in him. Don't forget why we're chosen. If you guys don't have one of these yet, go ahead and grab one. We believe in real fire here, not to mention any names. Awaken. (laughs) (laughs) So what I would like you guys to do, if you guys want to go ahead and start lighting these, a couple of people, we've got fire right here, and then help everybody out. Yeah, we're going to spread out over here. We're going to be over here. I've got one more scripture to read, and I've got a poem I'd like to read. Don't play with it too much. I know it's pretty. (laughs) And guys, if you're able to, we're going to come up to the front. We're going to gather up all of our lights. Give me some. Give me some of that fire. Give me some of that fire. Guys, if you want to come to the front, if you're able to. Does this burn? You try it if you like. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and give... And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine so before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Remember why you are chosen. And then I want to read a poem real quick. If this button will work. This is an iPad, so bear with me. We've all heard the night before Christmas. It's all about Santa. There's nothing wrong with that. Santa's cool, but this is something different. This is a a different version of the night before Christmas. Um, This is not mine. I found this, and I want to just read this as we have our candles lit because this is Christmas Eve. So, "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the earth every creature was stirring, awaiting a birth. The time for Messiah was certainly near. The prophets foretold it. The Bible was clear." From the book of beginning, the very first sin, God's word made it clear how his grace entered in. Born of a virgin, he comes as a man, the creator among us, the time was at hand. The stars were aligned to show marvelous things, setting wise men to journey and find the true king. Shepherds in Bethlehem gazed on the sky, longing to see him, their Lord the Most High. How they could know that the very next night, an angel of God would speak words of delight. How the Savior was born, it was news of great joy. In a cloth and a manger, they'd find the dear boy. And a heavenly host would, sing to, would soon join to sing of the glory of God and of wonderful things. He entered creation, set position aside to show us how deeply his love did abide. Since sent us away from our almighty Lord. He became one of us that we might be restored. He's the prince of our peace. He's the one who makes us not a monthly newsletter, 
He's the one who makes us whole. He's, he is wisdom incarnate, a shepherd of souls. He's the author of life. He's the ruler of all. He can offer salvation on his name we call. Shepherds and wise men would bow to adore. Holy God among men, our greatest reward. All glory and honor is due to this king. Let us all join in worship. Let every tongue sing. Jesus is Lord. All creation proclaims. He's the first and the last. He is always the same. History turned on the first Christmas day while God became man in a humble display. As we think of the manger in which he was laid, let our hearts welcome him to the world he made. Let's pray. Holy Father, you are good, you are glorious. We thank you for the soon coming king. We thank you, Father, for his birth that we're celebrating tonight. We eagerly await his return because he's coming back. We ask you, Father, to help us to remember that we are your light. Those of us who are called by his name, we are your light. Help us to proclaim it. Help us to shine brightly in this dark world. Even as things get darker, help us to get brighter because Jesus is in us. Bless this time. Bless everybody here. And help us never, ever to forget or take for granted what you've done for us. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We've got one more song, and then we're going to enjoy some fellowship, have some cookies and milk. God bless, and Merry Christmas. <laughs>